Aloha and welcome to Conversations to Enlighten and Heal. I'm your host, KG Styles. Conversations is sponsored by Pure Plan Essentials Organic Aromatherapy. For YouTubers, please subscribe to KG Styles' channel so you never miss a show. And for podcast lovers on iTunes, please subscribe to our Conversations to Enlighten and Heal show so you never miss a show. Today, I am excited to be speaking with Lada Dunchiva. Lada is an internationally renowned astrologer, lecturer, and teacher, loved all over the world for her astrology and esoteric teachings. Lada has studied Vedic, Hellenistic, medieval, and modern astrology under the tutelage of famous astrologers around the world. On today's show, Lada will talk about her favorite topic, love and romance. If you've ever had questions about why you're, you are so powerfully attracted to certain people or have any juicy, hot romance questions you'd love to have insights about, then you don't want to miss this show. After the show, Lada will stay on to answer your questions. So, um, Lada, <laughs> Lada was here with me and then she wasn't able to get her branding up and so she tried to re-log in and hopefully she's going to be back any second now. So, um, Lada, 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 where are you? So, uh, we'll give her a few minutes and I guess we'll just have to reschedule the show if she's not able to log back on. So I don't know. Um, anyway, we'll give it a few minutes. And the uh, Q&A chat window is open. Uh, if you want to uh, uh, post your questions for Letta. And uh, hello, I see one person there. Uh, so sorry, I don't know if you heard, uh, Lada was having trouble, uh, she was on and then she uh, wasn't able to get her branding up, so she uh, tried to restart and it seems like she's having a problem getting back on, so because she's not here. So um, if you want to leave your questions, um, hopefully she will get back on and uh, I know she will answer your questions. If you have any questions, uh, you're welcome to post them and um, she will answer them. So just give her another minute here. If uh, if we don't see her come back on, we'll just uh, assume she can't, can't get on the sh back on the show. I don't know what happened. Uh, so, hello, Alada. Assuming she is trying to log back in. I have no idea why.
you may just have to reschedule or Um, hmm. I got an email from Lada. Looks like uh, her laptop is totally has. T it, she's not able at all to open up Hangouts. So she's asking if she can do it over the phone, and I don't. Um. Um. Here. Click on yeah here. <laughs> okay, let me see. Um, let me see. Lotta, just click on, there should be a link right there for you to click on. <laughs> uh, you should be able to, there should be a link that only you can see on the event page and you should be able to click on that and come into the green room. So can you hear me? I don't think I can write anything. I can only talk. <laughs> so, um, You should be able to, I don't know if you can see a link that you can click on. That will bring you in the green room. Yeah, there should be a link on the right-hand side. It's kind of near the top. It says uh, Green Room in Invitation. Invitation. If you just click on that. You did get an invitation already. I sent you an invitation. I can send you an invitation again. I can do that. Let's see if that works. Okay, I sent you another invitation.
I just sent you a link so hopefully I mean there should be a link you should have a link that I sent you that you can use to log in so I hope you I resent it to you so um, Hopefully you got it. Thank you. A link. Oh my god! I, I, I think I'm having a nervous so, breakdown. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't do that. It's not worth it. <laughs> Just a second. I think. Wow. Uh, do you still hear me, Sim? Okay. Yes, I can. Sorry about I, can. I, I could not find anywhere the green invite button, and I was, I didn't know what to do. You did great. <laughs> you did great. So, I already introduced you. This is Lada Dunchiva, and I've already introduced you. So, welcome to the show, Lada. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm so glad you were able to find your way back in. I'm excited to talk to you about the might of love, romance, and karmic relationships. For me, this is one of the most exciting topics in astrology. So, so let's get right to it. Why are we so magnetically attracted to certain people? Uh, usually, if there is a heavy karma between two people, we need to be magnetically attracted to them, otherwise we'll run away like, <laughs> like the devil is chasing us if we know what's about to happen and all the ups and downs and emotional turmoils or rebalancing of karma we have to do. So that's why it's these hooks that happen in relationships and uh, sometimes obsessive and intense. And so we can, and these hooks are there till the karma runs out. Uh, and you know when the karmas run out when you no longer react intensely to the person and actually the most interesting relationships are the most karmic ones the ones that are not karmic the ones that are the so-called dharmic ones which are there supportive everything is great they they're never as intense because your reactions in those relationships is, is easy going it's harmonious you are you're not stressed in them but it this friction that the difficult that the karmic relationships create are the most roller coaster relationships. The one that we say about the way I lost my head, uh, I was totally, you know, uh, like a schoolgirl. Uh, but they're usually the ones that actually are not, um, or until this feeling lasts, you know, this high excitability, nervousness, and this uh, irrational reaction to the other person, which we think is actually being in love. And this is actually a strong indication of karma, you know, this irrational reaction to the other person. And everyone, when they meet such a relationship, they say, wow, I met my soulmate. And I actually met a karmic partner that you have a lot of <laughs> balancing to do with, you know. But it's often, um, you can see these things when there is very heavy karma between two people with certain astrological indications. And one of them is always uh, the other, another person's planets triggering your 12th house. Uh, because this is the house of, you know, prior, past karma, past life karma, especially difficult karma. When someone triggers your past life, uh, your 12th house, which is past lives, 
usually those people you have to do and give more for this person who triggers your 12th house because it's your own 12th house that they trigger there's someone from the past life but you usually say if you have your ascendant in virgo and someone has their sun in leo uh, or their venus or a few planets or saturn this person triggers your past life karma so you have to give something to them you have to it, it will be somehow unbalanced relationship in some respect one will be giving a bit more because 12 house is about giving unconditionally it's about almost like charity and even if they do you wrong sometimes and others say don't you're giving too much are you are you blind you know you kind of feel compelled to do it because that's the nature of you know this is karmic relationships are about rebalancing something that wasn't you know too balanced maybe this person was taking care of you in a past lifetime and you want to pay it off now maybe this person was helping you a lot or maybe you hurt this person a lot in a past lifetime and now it's time that for them to hurt you so there is some disbalance always it's not always negative maybe the uh if you if your 12th house is treated by another's planets you just you'll be giving more to this person like supporting them and unconditionally in a sense because 12th house is very unconditional it doesn't have to be for but it doesn't always have to be like you know someone hurt you and they trigger in a past life you hurt someone in a past life they trigger your 12th house and they hurt you back now it doesn't always have to be this but usually it's about giving more than receiving this is what karmic relationships are uh and when the karma runs out somehow the the compelling relationship the, the this compelling um feeling about it disintegrates and the the two people either separate or they can turn the relationship from karmic into the so-called dharmic one dharmic relationships are the ones that people are mutually supportive like sometimes they call them soulmates or i don't know if it's you know i believe we have many soulmates but it's uh, their you know their their relationships where there is equal give and take in a sense and karmic relationships are also strongly indicated by keto any inter aspects between keto which is the planet also it's a point of past lives uh, and if it falls and you can see how someone triggered you what karma you had with someone in the past lifetime by checking what house uh, you trigger with your keto in their horoscope and check what house they trigger in your horoscope with their keto uh, keto is the south node of the moon basically this is the really the past <laughs> and uh, for example, let's see if someone triggers uh, with their K to your seventh house. Very likely you are in a marriage relationship. Very likely you are seventh house relationship or some kind of business relationship. You are kind of partners in some way in a past lifetime. Whether that was good or bad depends on the lord of this K to you know how it's aspected and things like that. Or if it's the tenth house, maybe you had a karma somehow that one was the boss of the other, one was the you know authority figure over the other or one help you develop your co career in some way or if it's in the uh sixth house maybe one was caregiver of the other you know the, the different combinations third house you might have been siblings you know their ninth house one was a teacher or mentor you know depending what house is triggered this very strongly indicates what what role of someone was in your past lifetime or and you in their past lifetime uh, and <clears throat> sorry and seeing if your planets aspect well their keto 
say for example someone's scared to falls in my fifth house uh, maybe this was a child of mine in a past lifetime or a lover <laughs> I know both are a bit different but we had fun or this was a child of mine somewhere and my planets aspect their Ketu in a good way then it was a good experience if they're with squares and oppositions you know maybe it was much more stressful experience but you can see if you've had a really because everyone that's now alive we've had karma with them we've had past lifetimes the important people like marriage partners like lovers that we love a lot children parents all of these relationships we're not meeting for the first time and Ketu's position will show you what the connection was what those people helped you or the what role they played in your past lifetime or what what kind of difficulties they presented but especially strongly you see if you have very strong karma with someone um, is if your Ketu or their Ketu falls on um, personal planets of the other one's Ketu south node close conjunction within 10 degrees I would say with personal planets or with the ascendant or the you know the ascendant point uh, the ascendant sun moon uh, for example, if it's with your moon, maybe it was a mother figure. If it's with the sun, a father figure, or a boss or authority figure. If it was, or you had a family together, you know, if it's with Venus, definitely lovers. You had a love story from before. Uh, if it, and this is something that hasn't been completed. That's why when it's Ketu, it means that you come back to complete this. Because everyone, you know, uh, even people that don't have their planets with your Ketu or the opposite, they might have been you know in your life they they were someone important in a past lifetime for your game but the ones that have the ketu connection they mean that something was interrupted then and it needs to be completed in this lifetime some role and some role of for example caring if it was the mother some nurturing role some you know giving care in some way it was it was it needs to be rebalanced in some way this time and the thing is that uh, Ketu first strongly connects in synastry, which is comparing two charts. People are drawn to each other that have Ketu connections with Sun, Moon, Venus. They feel like, oh my God, they found each other again. It's a, the, it's like they're picking up if their life ended um, abruptly the previous time, they couldn't complete the relationship, or someone they got separated for some reason. Something happened. They they had more energy and things to learn from each other. This is. If you see Ketu interconnections and you're meeting this person now to complete it with them, and immediately it's like they're picking up a relationship from a middle point. That's why when you have strong Ketu interconnections, people feel like I feel. They say like I feel so comfortable about with this person, like I've known him forever. For example, my husband, his Ketu falls on my ascendant, and my Ketu falls on his. Venus, Sun, and Mercury. So very, when we saw each other on the next day, we started talking about children and getting married already. And it wasn't even, you know, it was immediately we felt so comfortable with each other. But Keto relationships, even if initially they start very strong, there is something to be completed. You're completing some lessons. And sooner or later, you learn those lessons. You've started them already. Uh, and you start dissolving the quality of that planet. It's kind of, it starts to fizzle out. This is the feeling. Ketu is emptying influence. It's the tail of the dragon that excretes. So slowly you start excreting this. And <clears throat> it's once the person has developed it or completed whatever you planet you're working on together. Uh, it's and some kind of a distancing starts feeling, you know, some kind of a 
fizzling out. So such relationship, especially for young people that want passion, excitement, that want you know the intensity, keto relationships usually fall apart for them with time, not always, but with time it does because they're looking for excitement and keto this dissolves this excitement gradually. Uh, <clears throat> but uh, people who are more spiritual, they can really appreciate, or maybe in older age, keto relationships can be appreciated because they have the quiet wisdom and uh, quiet beauty in them. With time, it's like, say, example, you have someone keto with your mercury, you are very, uh, when you met, you were communicating a lot, you had a lot of mutual interest, and like you picked up speaking as if you, you've just put the phone down and you started five minutes later from a past lifetime continue. But with time, it diminishes the communication, the mutual interest and hobbies, which is, again, keto, or even friends, they diminish in some way. And two people have to be, you know, if they're very active, it's, it's like there is this decrease, and they have to be okay. They have to be more spiritual and detached. People in keto relationships, very karmic past lifetime relationship, if they want to keep the relationship going long, they have to have a bit more, less codependent relationships. Especially if Ketu is with the moon of the other, with the sun, with the ascendant, with Venus, We're all, even with Mercury. It has to be somehow less codependent. Maybe they have separate circles of friends and everyone has something else, you know, not, not someone else on the side, but a bit more their own lives in a sense. And if they're okay with that, because Ketu is about detaching, if they're okay to live with this detachment, to... Um, and even the passion, when Venus Ketu, the passion can decrease more and more, you know. But some kind of spiritual love appears at its place. The physical manifestations of those planets, the outer manifestation for affection, for example, of sharing emotions, of talking, of, you know, whatever the sense, can decrease. But the, the inner qualities of those planets, which is more spiritual, increases with time. So this is when you turn this relationship from karmic you can turn it to dharmic, to supportive ones, but it needs some kind of detachment. So Ketu, people who have Ketu interaspect with each other, it's not a doomed relationship unless you're really looking for passion and really looking for someone to rock your boat all the time. Then you'll probably move to more Rahu relationships where your Rahu connects with someone's Venus and Mars because that's like non-stop there. <laughs> the outer manifestations of the... Mars, sex, Venus affections are always out there and, and increase with time more. But with Ketu, they decrease and they become inverted. And a person, people who are more self-sufficient, people who are more spiritual, people who, who can rely on themselves more to find happiness rather than looking from the other person, they can have great relationships, Ketu relationships. But usually in later age and more mature people or after, you know, if they're okay with this, because the Ketu's attitude is, I'm okay with or without you. It's kind of indifference. This is the uh, detachment. It's spiritual. You know, it's okay with it. It's not okay with it. So these relationships, they will go great if you have this acceptance of that. And uh, uh, otherwise, if you want a really crazy relationship, go with the Rakhul interconnections. Because Rakhul is what we have to develop in this lifetime. And, uh, but actually, some Ketu connections are very good. Ketu Mars of one person and Ketu Saturn uh, of one and another person. This, whatever Ketu is with, it decreases. So in past lifetime, they had probably some enmity if it's Mars. 
they maybe had karma arguments and they meet and they argue a lot at the beginning but or some obstacles they have to do but the longer they're together the less smarts they get the 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 less arguments the less obstacles the less pain the less complexes if it's saturn you know psychological complexes so the less responsibilities initially the energy of ketu is very strong because you pick up something almost like you know as i said carry on from the past so the relationship with ketu saturn starts with some heavy responsibilities or obstacles uh, or rules but with time they decrease less and less and less and less so that's kind of nicer you know <laughs> And you conclude some Saturn ego um, uh, karma responsibilities of blockages uh, with Mars, some you know of anger. Uh, so it's 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 good. But when the good planets are with Ketu, there is this detachment. There is this you know uh, uh, aloofness that starts happening and introversion because Ketu is about introverting the qualities of this planet rather than seeking the qualities of this planet from the other partner and introverting them having them within being self-sufficient in a sense so such ketu relationships are good when two people are mature enough to be self-sufficient they learn with time being with this person that they'll be getting less and less of this and accept it and be okay with that then actually they, they can be happy together you know but when this Rahu person comes around, they might lose all their marbles <laughs> and their composure, you know. Because usually people who have Rahu Venus, which is the North Node, which is like a hook, which is like something that we really need to develop in this lifetime. Mm -hmm. And this is where we actually have no, ex you know, we're not very good at whatever, whatever Rahu is. And we kind of make blunders. <laughs> And we, we are very greedy there. We want more and more. Rahu is the mouth of the dragon. So whatever, if your Rahu falls with another person's Venus, my God, you'll be greedy for more love, for more affection, for more outer manifestations of love. And, and when you're greedy from someone for this, you stimulate this person. They, they give you more. It goes both ways. Sometimes the Venus, the Rahu person. But the longer they're together, the more, uh, the more sensual and physical enjoyments uh, they are and you know they might be seven eight years together 10 15 years and their sex life might be still going strong and they get excited for each other you know which on the in our material society which is very focused on outer things and about excitement and passion this is what we treasure more in the west you know but the the love um, relationships of keto are also they have the quiet inner spiritual beauty uh, while rap ones are wild, they're the flashy ones, they're the ones that we obsess, are the ones that, as I said, Raku is the more you eat, the hungry you are there. <laughs> and it's never, it's, it's like a head without body, it never gets fed up. Uh, and, but it, the person whose Raku falls on any planet of yours really helps you develop that planet. And you manifest it more and you bring this planet into the life of the Raku person as well. So when you have Rahu connections, you're here to work on increasing the outer manifestations of this planet. So someone whose Rahu falls on your sun might be the one who helps you find out your career, maybe maybe something to do with your goals, you with your true inner identity, with more confidence, you know, uh, to, to establish your authority in some way, or this person can bring more authority into your life in some way. 
<clears throat> your creativity, your excitement, you know, to find the inspiration. Someone's <clears throat> rack of falls on your Jupiter, this person will stimulate you uh, to look for different spiritual belief systems, or can even stimulate in you Jupiter's wealth and finances in some way, uh, and <clears throat> can increase those. Rahu with your Venus, we said what happens, you know, you have to, you're probably together to learn, work on balanced relationships, you're together to learn, work on Venus things. So you'll be getting more and more of those Venus things. You, you're bringing more also balance and beauty and affection into the life of the other person, especially physical and material beauty as well, outer harmony, even sense of art and beauty uh, and some kind of sense of contentment, emotional, you know, satisfaction and pleasure. And the other person is also, you know, when you manifest something, it kind of, the other reflects it back to you. Uh, but say if you have your Saturn with Braco, this is when, well, this person is here to teach you about Saturnian lessons. Oh, you both each other teach Saturnian lessons about responsibility. So the longer you're together, the more you learn about boundaries, responsibilities, <coughs> duties, the more you learn about um, saying no, for example, self-discipline. So it might be not the most fun relationships, but this can be a relationship that teaches you the most. My best friend has a Saturn on my Rahu, and this was the one person who taught me self-control. When I was so out of control, I'm someone who's very Rahu person. I have moon with Rahu, and these are by birth, and these people are like, so greedy <laughs> with food with everything with drinks they kind of want emotionally they always feel more i want more like this is not enough this is i want more you know they kind of go overboard and my friend with her saturn on my rack who really kind of taught me how to be especially in the seventh house it happened to be so she taught me how to be controlled and restrained in relationship how not to go for every guy that winked at me you know how to be some more restrained, which is all about Saturn, self-control, saying no, saying, you know, being, um, having boundaries. And it was not very nice, because she would actually sometimes be like, <laughs> angry with me, and a, a bit like an authority figure for me, authoritarian. But that's how it, you know, that's how it works. Some, it doesn't, these people doesn't have to be evil people in your life. They can be really people that uh, teach you very useful lessons. <clears throat> Sorry about that. <coughs> I need to take a breath. But Mars people, Mars with Rahu, these this people can be here to teach you self-assertiveness, maybe to become your martial arts teacher, maybe to argue with you. The longer you're together, the more you argue. But definitely they'll teach you how to express more correctly, or you can do that to them, your anger, some anger issues, you know, some proper focusing of willpower, how to develop willpower as well. Um, competition, rivalry opinions mercury this person initially uh, the longer you're together the more interest they will provoke in you provoke on, in you or you in them like interest like hobbies like curiosity in certain themes the more conversationally you talk more and more uh, while <clears throat> with keto this is less and less and there can be even sometimes a telepathic connection you know but these are <clears throat> according to you know traditional astrology and I have checked this over and over with past life regressions. The, if two people have such connections, indeed, past life connections show that indicate exactly, might not, you know, very much describe the story of those two planets together. And 
sorry. <clears throat> and um, yes, and the main thing to remember is that kids' relationships are more subdued, more introverted. Uh, they need to be a bit more aloof, a bit more less codependent, while Rahu relationships can become very codependent, very you know, obsessive, intense, and sometimes even a bit predatory. <laughs> But this is what we usually are looking for a lot, what we get excited a lot about in the Western society. <clears throat> and there are a lot of other indications you know, for karmic relationship. I, uh, I've made hundreds of hours of videos on each Keto position with each planet, with each house, with each, you know, uh, where, I go, where I go much more in depth, you know. But <clears throat> there are other karmic indications, for example, the. In Western, which is more modern astrology, it's the outer planets that are considered the really karmic ones. It's basically uh, planets that are from Saturn onwards. Saturn, um, Neptune, Pluto are extremely karmic in a sense, and that they, and Uranus, of course, they provoke extreme reactions in people when they in hard aspects with the Sun, Moon, ascendant. Of Venus and only the hard aspects are here, you know, opposition, conjunction within five, six, seven degrees. You know, I wouldn't give them too wide orbs, but when they send difficult aspects to ascendant on the moon, each one gives different karmic influences. But this is when we, these are these planets are Saturn gives heavy responsibility karma and it kind of hooks you through those responsibilities. Once you get into a Saturn interpersonal planet relationship is very hard to break it because you have some heavy things to do <laughs> responsibilities before you can uncook yourself and it's not the most pleasant it, it feels like heavy relationship but but people feel safe and stable in those ones <clears throat> not exciting but safe and stable it's like the tested and tried they prefer to stay with them and usually some responsibilities for them to stay with Uranus those relationships are very karmic in the sense that these people that you have strong interaspects, they can come and go from your life. This can be those relationships that uh, come and appear out of the blue and disappear out of the blue, and you're left like, what happened? <laughs> Gathering the pieces of your heart, you know? Some kind of a randomness, some kind of a disruptiveness in the relationships, suddenness and fastness. But they're about teaching you liberation. And these people can, yeah, might have a karma. For example, you've been suffering and in love with someone for 10 years, and even though you broke seven years and you can't let go and then a uranus person comes into your life can you forget the other one in one day you know so this is how what karma this uranus person brought you like he helped you forget someone cut them off out of your mind the uranus person that when you have strong uranus inter aspects these people you might get together like i had with the previous partner we both had uranus opposition sons so we'll, we got together seven times and separated seven times over seven years. And it's kind of on and off influence. And it's, it's some, and that's some Uranian lessons that you have to learn about kind of independence, about individuality, about, um, in a sense, beating your own drum and walking under your own drum and being, and some kind of liberation, emotional, psychological, you know. But it's disruptive. It's it's kind of up and down, up and down. Or maybe you live in different countries, so you see each other once a month. You travel to see each other once a month. But it's exciting. It's very exciting. These are the relationships, the Uranus ones. When you see them, you're like, oh, 
I fell from the first. I fell in love at first sight. You know, they can with suddenness they come to you and excitability, but they're not stable usually. When is the hard aspect? Of course, they can survive as well. But the two people need to give each other a lot of freedom in some way, and uh, they need to give. And, and and in my videos, I explain everything basically there. Uh, how to work with those because each video is like almost one hour for each aspect, you know, uh, inter aspects between planets. But Neptune, for example, these are the relationships. When you have strong Neptune inter aspect, these are the ones that you long for and pine for years and you idealize after they finished. And you probably need someone with Uranus to come to kick you out of that kind of, you know, idealization. And uh, these are the ones that you feel, wow, this is my soulmate. We don't need to talk. We hear each other's thoughts, you know. And these are, these, uh, but they can be very misleading. Maybe something secretive about them. Maybe something you're not very clear about. Maybe some lying that happens <laughs> as well. This is the negative side. The positive side is that these people, there might be karma of um, delusion that you, they're rebalancing. So you lied to them in a the past lifetime, now they do it or the opposite way. You know, or there might be some karma of cheating as well, because Neptune is like that. But there is also karma of unconditional help with Neptune. <coughs> Say Neptune conjunct someone's moon, this person might be there to give back unconditional love for someone's care from a past lifetime, you know, if someone cared for them. And the Neptune person is always very permissive. To the, in, um, they might delude them, but they permit them to do a lot of things. And sometimes you need someone to be more permissive towards you rather than forbidding, because they they because of their acceptance, you love yourself more as well. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we need such people. It's very healing influence when someone is very Neptunian towards us, permissive and you know, uh, allowing. Then the Pluto, he's <coughs> a it's a bit like Rahul. It's a bit obsessive. It's a bit about playing a chess game all the time. <laughs> what is the next move? There is manipulation, there is... And it's interesting, it's exciting, but it's <clears throat> intense. It's like constantly strategizing your moves. And they might create obsessions and jealousies and extreme behaviors. Someone who's Pluto, for example, my husband, who's Pluto affects my Mars, and I'm the quietest, more gentle, non uh, abusive or aggressive person ever, and because my husband is Neptune, Pluto affects my Mars, I burst out with such anger towards him. <laughs> you know, I can become even physically violent, and I wonder where did it come from? Because Pluto is this this volcanic planet that erupts whatever planet it affects in a hard aspect with, intensifies it, and it's. Uh, you know, it kind of makes us look at the dark side that we never thought we had. <laughs> and there is this kind of a controlling influence between two, two people. And it might not be very obvious, to be honest. It's very subtle sometimes. It's subtle, but it's psychological. And again, in my in the videos, I describe everything, how to deal with Pluto, what is the best uh, way to act when you have strong Pluto inter-aspects, or when you have uh, it, with every planet, you know. And uh, it's very interesting. They work so well. And the closer the degrees between the planets that you see them so, so, so clearly. Uh, I had a friend whose moon, uh, Mercury, which is communication and thoughts, falls exactly on my Neptune, less than a degree. And we read each other's thoughts. It's crazy. But 
we, uh, she says something and I say, I was just thinking exactly the same sentence or I'll do that or we'll start talking the same thing at the same time. And when one has an idea, the other one picks it up, which is Neptune intuitive, you know, so they can play very well. <laughs> uh, very interesting dynamics, you know, from the highest manifestation to the lowest manifestation. And every person, even if they're harming in some way, even if they're pressing your buttons, being aggressive to you, being disrespectful, uh, they're teaching you a powerful lesson and you have to be grateful. The faster you become accepting of this and you become reconciled with this within yourself, the faster you resolve the karma and you have this person out of your life or this person stopping acting like that. If you constantly, if you have, say, strong Pluto or, you know, whatever, if you constantly obsess, follow the person, check the emails, you know, kind of spy on them, uh, this person will be, either it gets to a crisis point when the universe cannot allow any more such damage psychological done to yourself and the other person, it breaks away the relationship, or what happens is that you gradually see that such behaviors are unproductive and you get okay with them and then the relationship can be transformed into a healthy one no longer karmic or this person will you just drift from each other you know but this is how you recognize when a karmic relationship is ending or if it's uh, or if it's karmic at all when you don't even have to know astrology when someone presses your buttons in all the wrong ways but you cannot help but deal with them and they're in your life for some reason but they, they are they cheating are they taking more are you giving more are, are they telling you not right things or are they coming and going whatever or they are they have habits that annoy you but you still don't know why and you react strongly whether within yourself or outwardly this means that the karma hasn't run out you haven't worked through it and once you start realizing that you're reacting less and less violently, less and less upset about this thing, this is when, you know, you can open, basically, uh, you can transform it into a good one or someone better will come. But if you cut it off, usually if you cut such a relationship, uh, it's become too much. The universe breaks it down because it's too much. You can't stand it anymore. The other person, they, they run away because you're a psycho crazy follower. <laughs> Someone who checks everything, doesn't let them have a move on their own or take a step along. If, um, if you interrupt such a relationship before having killed, you, the next one you will be <laughs> the same. Different person, but different, very similar lessons, you know. And usually you see what kind of karmic lessons and what you're working on. Uh, first, by your natal own aspects. If you have strong Pluto difficult aspects in your horoscope, you probably often meet people who trigger those difficult aspects with their Pluto or something, your horoscope. And, uh, or someone scorpionic or something like that, that they act like that with their own planet. Or, um, or you might be having a transit. For example, if you're having uh, a Neptune opposition aspect, you can lose your head and <laughs> totally start dating someone and find out later they're actually married, you know, or something like that. And it's about surrender. Neptune is about surrender and merging. And, um, and so basically the, the transit you're having will very much show what kind of relationship 
and always it works with the sinistry. So your Neptune uh, is transiting opposition your moon, you meet someone whose Neptune squares your moon. Saturn is transiting your moon, you meet someone whose Saturn uh, is, who is very Saturnian, who, is, who has moon Saturn in their horoscope, for example, by birth, you know, they become your Saturn, basically. But if you don't have this aspect in the natal chart, if it's just something temporarily, usually you quickly learn this lesson. Uh, it doesn't repeat over and over in your lifetime. It's just kind of a temporary quick lesson, you know, that you decided to do. And when the next big uh, outer planet transit happens, usually you go to a different lesson. So you might be able to let go of this person or you might be have able to learn the lesson and transform it by then. Because there is a theory which I have seen work that is that basically the planets after Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto, they, and it's really amazing theory and it really works. They, once they transit, sometimes it can continue for about two years. But actually, it's the resonance, the influence of this transit continues to resonate and to vibrate into the life and a bit to the background, but you still feel the themes of it till the next hard aspect from one of the outers to the same planet. So say this woman who had Neptune opposition moon in a, say seven years or something, uh, say you've had it and it's, it continues about a year and she fell in love with someone and she longs for this person whether they're together or separated. If the next transit to the moon is in three years by Uranus, by, but only this hard aspect, the conjunction square opposition, then by, by the next aspect, when Uranus comes, she will forget this person. But if it's in 15 years, she might continue to long for this person for 15 years. And it depends, you know, sometimes it's different. Sometimes it might be even one year, the difference to the next aspect. And sometimes it might be 20 years. And that's why some people, uh, well, they have to have also indications to be hanging on to something so long, you know, indications in the horoscope that they're not letting go easily. But sometimes that's why there might be very big gaps where you are regurgitating those lessons, where you are, this vibration is still with you, you're still thinking about that. And obviously the universe in your soul chose this because it's a longer lesson that you have to learn. So if it's 15 years to the next, you know, transit to your moon, well, I guess you need this energy for those 15 years that the person brought to you, whether they're in your life or no. Um, and you can continue to live with those ideas and to learn those lessons. And then when the next big aspect comes from outers, Pluto, Uranus, Neptune, a new person usually tends to come and teach you. And whether it's love, sexual relationships, or just friendships in some way, recognitions, these come to us through some kind of people that are very, whatever the planet is transiting, they're very Plutonic or Uranian or Neptunian, and they, in a positive or negative way, they teach us those lessons. So do you have, I, I'd like us to go and get some questions. There are some people here. I was wondering if anybody has any specific questions for you that you might, you know, so we have an application of all the things that you've been talking about. Okay. So if anybody wants to post um, a question, I, you, can you read do you them? Your, do you see your Q&A? Is your Q&A? No, I'm not going to touch anything. Okay, 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 okay. Okay, so um, 
And so um, someone wanted to know, uh, are there differences between sidereal or uh, tropical systems, the K2 house placement in karmic relationships? Yeah, it can, it can change. Well, usually the house position, look at the house cast that K2 is triggering because the house cast is, is the specific thing in your life. And also look at the sign from ascendant that Ketu is triggering. Uh, because this the signs from the ascendant is basically your relationship with this thing, your personal relationship, because the ascendant is you. Say if you Ketu falls in the third house with the second house cast, in the third sign from ascendant from the second house cast, it will both have the role of a third house and second house role. The house cast, uh, the, what actually happens uh, in reality, in objective reality, the um, signs from ascendant, whole sign system, as we count them, they're how this thing relates to you personally. How this thing, it's how third house activity will relate to you personally, because it's the, how you interpret it within yourself, in a sense. So both second and third house influences will be valid, but the, uh, I use tropical. I don't know, I see great results with for personal astrology, for love, tropical works, great, you know. For some other questions, uh, when I do mundane predictions, it's fantastic looking at sidereal astrology, but then I look straight at the constellations and, you know. But for personal astrology, we, um, for us, the tropical zodiac works on a personal level much more because the sidereal constellation it's on a much higher level it's like on for the whole humanity as a whole you know mm -hmm. the constellations actually and we're not working at this level of consciousness to be you know to be so affected by the sidereal yet now we're on the local because the tropical is the local zodiac the relationship between the sun and our earth while the constellation uh, a constellational astrology is the relationship of our solar system with the other stars around, with the whole, so it's on a much higher, high level. But yeah, I'll use tropical. So, does anybody else have a question? Prahlada? I'm not seeing any other questions right now, so. Well, was there anything else you wanted to add before we closed, Lada? Is there anything well, else? I want to apologize, sorry for having difficulty logging in <laughs> but um, yeah maybe you can cut the first seven minutes <laughs> from the video and then post it but thank you so much I, I can speak for hours but I guess we have one hour only so <laughs> so so you want to give out your uh, website uh, so people know where to find yeah, you if and you want to find more about relationships I have a whole course on it and they can go to astrolada.com and I've done about 80 videos of in-depth talking about each aspect, combination, a planet with planet, sun with Uranus of one person, well, whatever, all the interplanetary aspects. And there I speak everything about karma and relationships, how to deal with difficult relationships, how to see in the horoscope, maybe that's interesting to teach one day. Uh, also in an interview, but how to see if someone is good at all at relationships, because some people, they only become good in relationships later in their age. Some people are like the bad boy, the heartbreakers, or the one who always 
suspects and gets tantrums and gets a ball buster, you know, you can see this so easily. And there are two positions in the horoscope that I indicated so easily for men and for women is different. But this shows your capacity for relationships. And I teach this there. And I teach how to recognize karmic relationships. And I teach everything about relationships that I know. I teach it in about 70, 80 hours videos. And people, even without any kind of knowledge on astrologically, they can, it starts from the basics. So they can go, uh, they can find it on my website. It's Learn Love Astrology. Uh, and it's many hours of fun. <laughs> and they can become even professional. Once they take this course, they can start doing readings for, <laughs> for others. Yeah, it sounds really thorough. So thanks to all of you for joining us for this episode of Conversation to Enlighten and Heal with my guest, Lada Dunchiva. Remember to subscribe so you never miss a show. My next conversation show will be about creating passionate and lasting love sex and intimacy the title of my guests molly apple and joe dunn's latest book molly and joe are relationship coaches lovers and best friends molly and joe's best belt selling book the soulmate experience won an international book awards gold medal and a living now awards silver 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 medal on the show molly and joe will talk about conscious romantic love and how to connect for lasting love if finding new love and rekindling your love connection is on your radar, then you don't want to miss this fascinating show. Have a beautiful day, everyone, or mahalo and much love to you. Wishing you happy days always. Thanks again, Lada. It's been a pleasure having you with us. Thank you so much, dear. It was lovely. <laughs> Until next time, relax, enjoy your life, and stay connected.